up, everybody? We're back. R2C2. Another week. Another week. And um, we're going to be releasing this episode immediately, as soon as it's done recording, rather than Thursday morning. We're beginning this, this taping at 6.34 Eastern on a day that certainly um, the sports world and our nation will remember for a very long time. And, and we get to talk with the founder of The Ringer and um, you know one of our friends now on the show, the, the man who brought us to The Ringer and Spotify, Bill Simmons. Bill, I know it's, a, it's going to be a much different conversation and dialogue than probably what we thought we were going to have going into it, but thanks, man, for doing this and, and so glad that, that we all get to have this conversation. Yeah, it goes to show how fast things change, right? We were talking about, hey, let's talk about basketball in the bubble. Let's talk about the Red Sox, things like that. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason this is happening right now is I think the players who were in there, who were in there for a specific reason, who had real goals with why they were in there, and they're starting to feel like people have lost sight of that. And I, I got to say, I wasn't surprised today with the Bucks thing. I, I didn't know who was going to do it. I figured it would be a couple players. I didn't expect it to be a whole team, but I can't say I was surprised. What'd you think of what'd you think of it, CC? Uh I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I'm I I would honestly be surprised if they do go back to playing. Just with um, you know, them being in the bubble, not being able to protest the way they want, not being able to get to their fans and get their message across the way they want. Um, it's tough. I mean, right now I'm gonna be honest. I don't even want to do this. I don't want to be sitting here doing this podcast. Um I feel like just as a people, we're all just tired, disgusted. I mean, you know, me and you had a conversation the last time I was on your pod. It was the same shit was going on. Like we had, we were just right out of George Floyd. So, I mean, now we're sitting here with Jacob Blake. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a fucked up cycle that I'm tired of. And I'm sure that everybody, that everybody, I mean, I'm sure that the, the guys are tired of it too. Yeah. So, I mean, as of now, uh, you know, the Bucks, um, did not take the floor to play tonight. And then the NBA uh, decided to postpone Houston and OKC, as well as the Lakers and Portland after um, those teams were not going to play as well. We've seen in baseball, the Brewers are not going to play tonight now um, against the Reds. I've seen reports that it may extend to the Mariners. See, if you were you know, on the schedule to play tonight, what would that conversation be like in in the clubhouse? And and what what are the kind of things uh, you think you'd be saying to your teammates? Man, I don't even know. I don't. I mean, you know, I was never playing at a time like this. So you know, with this type of shit going on in the country, so um, I honestly don't know. I just know how I feel right now, and right now I wouldn't want to do anything other than be with my family and you know try to discuss what's going on, explain to my kids what the fuck they're seeing and and uh just try to figure out how we can turn this ship around. You could feel it in the quotes yesterday from some of the players as and you know, I gotta say I'm really glad there are reporters there because I, I think a lot of people weren't sure what the benefit was gonna be out of sending people there. You didn't know whether they were, you know, what are you getting? Or are you're sitting in far away from games, you're kind of observing practices, but the people that were there yesterday were like, this is different. The, the players are really affected by this and they're kind of wondering what's going on. You could, you could read between the lines with some of the stuff. Doc Rivers had some stuff yesterday, but, um, I think, 
you know, you're in the bubble, which it doesn't sound like it's that much fun to be in Orlando. Anyway, you're living out of a hotel room. Basically, these guys have been there now for over a month and they feel like they put the stuff they cared about on the back burner, try to play basketball, make life normal again, use their platform for these specific reasons. And you don't know if it's working or it's not working. And then we're back to square one. And you know, I, I'm looking at it. I'm I'm as pessimistic as CC is. I, I could see this thing completely unraveling, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, it's going to depend on the on the key voices in the league, um, and just how it feels individual to individual. It might be a situation where they try to keep going, and some people just want out, or maybe collectively they're figured out. But I do feel like the next 24 hours is one of the most historic stretches we've had in sports since I've been alive. You know, you hear about the stuff that happened in the 60s and these different moments in time. And it feels like we're in a moment right now. And it's really strange to be in a moment when we're just on a podcast all looking at each other in Zoom and something really major is happening right now that is, you know, people are going to be reading about in 50 years. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, 100%, Bill. I saw people, you know, um, posting the photos of John Carlos and Tommy Smith from the 68 Olympics and, you know, obviously that historic moment. And and this is, you know, this is obviously different than that, but this is for our sports world, one of those days we're always going to remember. And, and I also, you know, see one of the things I thought was when the players started playing again, right? They, by and large, there was this unified front of, this has to still be at the forefront of what we're doing. And right now, what they're showing us by, you know, not playing tonight is, hey, we are going to do whatever it takes to have this change, period, the end. It's not just going to be whatever, you know, America is comfortable with at this moment, right? It's not just going to be, okay, we're just doing, no, we are going to use our power, whatever that is, to make change. And we are going to continue to do it. And if that means, you know, not playing a game tonight, that's what it means. If it means walking out of the bubble, that's what it means. See, that was, for me, it, it, it struck me to say like, oh, you know, that's not, this isn't just like, and I knew this about, about this league and I knew this about, you know, the way players are feeling right now, but this isn't just a single moment in time, right? This is no we are all about this and we are not going to stop until we see the change that we need to see. Yeah. I mean, it's a great thing that, you know, these guys stepped up. Obviously we knew they would. I mean, you know, the NBA I think is, is the pulse of the black community more than any other sport. Obviously we know that. Um, but this is why Steven Jackson was saying, don't fucking play. This is exactly why, like, because we get back to playing and doing our thing, entertaining everybody and shit goes right back to normal where, we're getting murdered in the fucking street. Like I'm so angry right now. I, don't, I mean, it's it, yeah. This is this is it's it's a fucked up time. Like this is crazy. So um, I understand both sides of it. I understand you know where Stephen Jackson was coming from. I understood it at the time. You know, um, not wanting to go in the bubble and and not losing your voice. But um, I know guys wanted to play, and and you know they did the right thing by stepping up. And 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 like Bill said, I feel like you know. I feel like honestly, like the season's over. I don't. I don't feel like these guys want to go back out there. Donovan Mitchell's out there dropping fifty-seven points and tweeting, "I don't want to be here." You know, so it's you know, it's it's a 
this is a uh, it's a tough time right now for 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 the black community, man, and and the NBA is the post of that. Mark Spears has been doing some really good reporting the last couple of days, and he had a quote from somebody about I forget the player whether it was an anonymous player, but the player was basically saying we're out here entertaining people, and maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Maybe we shouldn't be taking people's minds off this other stuff. And I, I think that was their big fear, right? When they were, you know, before they decided to go back and go in the bubble and play basketball again is there was that debate about, is this going to distract from this other matter? That's way, way, way more important. And the, the feeling was, well, a lot of people are going to be watching these games. How do we use this platform? If, if it's kind of all over the place, I'm the present, the conversation is going and going you see it, you're constantly reminded of it, that will ultimately be a good thing. And I, I didn't really know where I stood on it. Obviously, it's hard to put myself in the position of players in the league, but I could see the case for it, right? You think, I get it. You get to do what you love. You get to preserve you know, the salary, the CBA for next year, all of these financial things that come with it. But then you know, there's a responsibility too that I think these guys see for themselves. And then what happens the last three days then they see a different responsibility. It's like, wait a second. If we if we start, you know, this huge game five tonight that we would have had OKC in Houston, you have this, people are talking about that game and not what happened in Wisconsin. What's my role? And, I, you know, guys like Jalen Brown, you know, this league has a bunch of guys like him who really give a shit about this stuff. They care about this stuff more than, more than their job. And if they feel like, if they feel like playing these games takes the spotlight off this other stuff, they're not going to play the games. And that's why I'm with CeCe. I, I really do think that this could unravel pretty fast. And I don't know how, how do you handle this if you're the NBA? Because there's a, it's not like you can have multiple opinions on this. To me, there's one opinion. It's like, these guys don't want to play. You can't make them play. You can't try to talk them into playing. Like It's an individual decision. So I, I just don't know how this plays out, but I don't think it's going to play out with basketball games. Yeah, I think just as a like collectively as athletes as like society, I think we're starting to realize we always thought that the sports was bigger than you know whatever was going on. Like if if something's going on in the country, then we will use sports to take our mind off of it. But yep. there's no running from the stuff that's going on right now. We can't. We got to stop running from everything. And I think you know this generation of athletes understand understand that. And and like you said, Jalen Brown and 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 a lot of these guys. They take this more serious than they do their jobs, and and I think that's the right approach to have. So, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. But I think if you're the NBA, I mean, they've they've always had, they've always seemed to support the players all the time. You know, so I think you know the, the best way that this can play out for them is if they just have the support of the, support their players, have their back, and and you know everything else will work out because. You know, the players drive every league anyway. And, and if the players are happy to go out there and play hard, the fans will come back. Well, a along those lines, uh, see, uh, it's 645 Eastern now as we're recording this. And the Bucks ownership just released a statement saying, we fully support our players and the decision they made. And the decision they made, although we did not know beforehand, we would have wholeheartedly agreed with them. The only way to bring about change is to shine a light on the racial injustices that are happening in front of us. Our players have done that, and we will continue to stand alongside them and demand accountability and change. Um, and I think that's 
but that's what we're going to see from the NBA as well, probably, right, Bill? We're going to see some form of, and I'm sure there's obviously going to be conversations going on between, you know, the leadership of the NBA, Adam Silver most specifically, and then LeBron James and, you know, Chris Paul and, and the other big figures in this league. But I would imagine they're going to let the players lead this and and have, you know, honest dialogues about what route uh, helps them amplify their message most moving forward and, you know, what they want to do and, and how the league can, you know, help be a resource to them for that. And I think it's important who the team was here. Yeah. It's the Bucks. Just by coincidence, they're playing the first game of the day. Yeah. The incident happened in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, they had a history with this stuff because Sterling Brown, two years ago, had um, a pretty terrible incident, even by athlete standards with cops. Um, and I think John Henson had had one before that. I think what's interesting about what they did was Nobody knew until right before. I mean, Orlando was, from what I heard, Orlando was out on the court, like shooting, like the game was going to start. And yeah, I, I'm sure we'll find out what happened in the half hour leading up to the game. But my guess is I'm sure some people are on the fence and I'm sure there are people in the locker room who were saying, how can we play? How are we doing this? What are we doing? Why are we here? And, you know, I'm sure there's some, I, Cece is the only one of the three of us who's ever been in possibly in a situation where you have a bunch of guys in a locker room having an honest conversation about like, wait a second, what the fuck are we doing? Mm. Um, and I'm, don't you think that's probably what happened? Oh, no. I had 1,000%. I had to be one or two guys in there, big voices that was like, no, we, we can't do this. Um, we need to rethink what we're doing or, or because, I mean, and I think it had to be when they got to the, to the arena. Because if it was the night before and they were texting back and forth, somebody would have texted somebody on in Orlando. They leaked it, yeah. They would, yeah, not even leaked it, but just like, Hi, what do you guys feel about this? Like, maybe we shouldn't get out there and play. Right. So this was this was definitely a Bucks internal. Got to the arena, didn't feel right in the locker room. Fuck it, we not going out. A decision. You know what I'm saying? By by a couple of the of the bigger guys and in, in, on the team for sure. I think about this moment. And, and I think this says more about how much the country's changed in the past six years. The When this happened with the Clippers and Donald Sterling, um, which just was like an unbelievable 72 hours, wherever that was, and then it came down to like, what are they going to do? Are they actually going to play this playoff game? Mm. And they talked about whether they should play, they should not play. And they ended up like throwing the warm-up jackets in, in the middle and playing, and they got, they got killed in the game. They lost by like 25. Um, and I always thought that was a missed moment because the Sterling thing was so disgusting. Had they boycotted, I don't know what the backlash would have been if these guys were like, we're owned by a racist. Like, you guys just heard all this stuff. You heard all the yeah. quotes. Like, we're not playing for this guy. We're not, he owns the team. We're not wearing his jersey. But in 2014, it was just too, it just would have, it would have been received like, what? You, yeah. But now in 2020, this moment makes sense. Does that, does that make sense? I just feel like things have changed in six years so dramatically. Sadly enough, that's a thousand percent true. You know, if, if those guys didn't go out, and even if you heard some of the quotes at the time, like, we've worked hard all year to get to this point and we don't want to let this guy throw it away, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a totally different time. And, and you know, I mean, I think 
even us as, as probably athletes or or me, I probably would have been taken aback a little bit at that time. You know, I mean, I think everybody would, um, which is which is mind blowing to think about. And, and now we sit here six years later and, and, and you know, it's just a vicious cycle of of uh, of violence and, 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 and racism, you know, still cycling through through the country. What do you guys think about the situation where now as a country where athletes are leading the way with some of this stuff now? You know, and this hasn't really happened since the late 60s where you have the NBA now setting the pace for everybody else in the country. It's it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I mean, and I think it kind of ushered in with LeBron, um, you know, coming into the league and being so vocal and, um, you know, him being the best, you know, the biggest athlete on the planet, you know, American athlete anyway. It just gives everybody else a voice. You know, if, if he's out there speaking about everything and, he can go out and still win championships and get Nike commercials and be all over the world and people love him. You know, you know, I think that this generation was inspired by that to speak up. Um, yeah. and, and you, you know, you birthed the Jalen Browns and the Giannis's and these different guys that are, you know, fed up and are, are going to do the active, you know, activism work. It's interesting. See, cause we, that very question you just posed, Bill, that was something we talked about with, um, Megan and Sue, Megan Rapino and Sue Bird on the last R2C2. And, Megan, you know, was talking about how athletes are so uniquely positioned to be able to lead in in that regard and to connect to, you know, just so many different factions of people and obviously so many different, um, you know, so many so many different industries and to cross, you know, private public sectors. I mean, a- athletes sort of have access to everybody, right? And see, I, I, I. I you know, I mean, and I think the example we see today, right, as we're recording this is, you know, the tweet came out from Woj a little while ago that inside the locker room, the Bucks were on a call with the Wisconsin Attorney General and the Lieutenant Governor. You know, I mean, that is actually getting access to the source that maybe you only have in that kind of timely fashion if you are an athlete, right? And if you're working collectively um, as a team, as a sports team, that see, I was wondering when, when, you, when you saw, I don't know if you saw that news or if you're just hearing it now, me saying it, when you hear like they're actually on the phone with these people who are going to be making these decisions, like in the locker room after they didn't play, what do you think about that and the, and their ability to to actually connect with the source like that? Um, I mean, I think I think it's cool, but I think they could have did that outside of the bubble. You know, I think Giannis could have gotten in in contact with some of these people. Um, you know, outside of the bubble, but, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a great thing that, you know, people are, I guess seems like are willing to listen. Um, you know, we'll see, you know, what, what kind of comes out of that. If mm. any charges, you know, from the cops or, I mean, I don't even think we still know the cops names like this. this we don't. You know what I'm saying like, so yeah, this is, it's, you know, I, I mean, that Lieutenant governor or, or whoever else didn't give up the fucking, like he didn't give us no details on, on the actual shooting of Jacob Blake. Yeah. So, I think that's where we're at right now, to be honest. It's weird that sports is now the the place that pushes the change and the awareness for this stuff. Because like when I was growing up, you'd always read about the late '60s, early '70s, and like the Kent State shooting happens, and then Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young they write Ohio and they put Ohio out, and it becomes, you know, that becomes what people grasped onto to try to figure out how they felt about stuff. Now, now the cycle is so much faster. Um, I think what Ryan said was a good point about like these athletes, they have direct access 
to millions and millions of people through their social media feeds and the 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 cycle just gets a lot faster and they also honestly they're reading probably the replies and the comments on their feeds too and and if they're listening to certain viewpoints and things like that and certain pressures or it's reinforcing things they feel they're in the bubble like what are they doing all day um i i think you just have more time to even think about this stuff to read about it um and really think about like wait a second what's my role here and it's hard to imagine doing that while also preparing to play a game five like cc did you ever have like did you ever have a game where you had like some off the field shit that was you know almost overwhelming you for the actual game no nothing that that puts me in the mood that i'm in right now you know um not at all or nothing that that puts me in the mood that i have been in for the past couple of days so no i mean and I, that's why i said i couldn't imagine trying to to navigate and play through this time of you know, COVID family situations and then, you know, you know, watching people get murdered um, or, or, you know, or shot. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough, man. It's, and, and trying to go out and play a professional sport right now um, just seems like it would, it would be overwhelmed too, too, too much for me right now. You know, you talked about um, sports leading the way, Bill, and, and it's interesting the role that it's taken and we're seeing it obviously in this front and and leading the nation, we saw that also with the COVID response, right? It was the NBA that signaled to everybody like, hey, shut down. Like, this is serious. Like, we need to take this seriously. And and I, I do, I feel like, you know, that part of this, that's that's not going away, right? Like, the, the athletes are only, I think, you know, going to be more powerful voices in our society and and they're going to lead more and more they they're uniquely positioned to do so and and it's interesting because i feel like you know you talking about that example of the difference between 2014 and 2020 you know and like how with at that moment we all would have been shocked if the clippers didn't play that game we would have been floored if they didn't play it even though they had every reason not to right Today, none of well, us. You would have thought the repercussions were that it would have been yes. a forfeit, and that it would have been like, oh, you lose the game automatically. When I heard about the Bucks thing today, I n- not one iota of me thought, oh, the NBA is going to make them forfeit this. There's no way that was happening. It, exactly, and I think the word you just used is what I was just thinking of, Bill. Like the repercussions, right? Like I feel like there used to be this weight of like, okay, well, wh- if I do this, what's it going to? Wh- what is that going to mean? And instead, now it's like. No, this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to do it. I'm I'm just going to follow my heart. I'm not worried about that. I mean, it kind of feels like that's the place we're in now. Yeah, and that's why I don't know how this plays out because let's say somebody says, let's say one of the players says, hey, man, let's finish the season and then worry about this. Does that guy get a backlash? Like nobody's going to say that publicly. All the conversations that they're going to have privately when this gets down to like the power brokers in the league, they're going to be worried about whatever getting leaked to whoever. So, you know, that I, I think that's one of the many reasons I'm on CC's side with the with it, the unraveling it, of this here. It would be hard for me to to think right now that it was it's somebody in there saying we need to finish the season. Like that that would be that that would be tough for me to think right now. Just just after the last how the last three or four days have played out. I think at the, you know, everybody going to the bubble, getting down there it was some of the best basketball we got a chance to, you know, got a chance to watch in a long time. Um, and, and I think guys were good with it until the last couple of days. So 
Um, it would be hard for me to believe that there's somebody in there, you know, pushing for them, a player in there that that's really going to, you know, push to continue to play. I think everybody's just going to kind of roll with how everybody else feels. Well, the irony is the bubble was working. You yeah. know, the, the one the one piece of it nobody could account for is what if something happens again? But when you think about like where we were in the weekend, um, I thought in every respect it had been a success, you know, and I thought the basketball was really good. I really appreciated and admired the points of the different guys and how they incorporated it like before, during and after the games and the commercials. And I just thought they executed it really well. And I guess none of us were thinking what happens if something else happens as we're in this bubble. And that's, that was the great unknown. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's true, man. I, I think, um, it, it's, you talk about the quality of play. C has been talking about bubble balls of his favorite basketball he's seen in years. You know, we're coming on initially thinking, Hey, we're going to talk about how great these NBA playoffs are watching these individual performances and that is where, as much as as the you know NBA fan in me wants to see basketball the rest of the way, that is where the word you used earlier, Bill, distraction, right? Like you, I can see if you're in there and you're like, look, we go play these games, and people are going to be breaking down, you know, Donovan Mitchell, and they're going to be breaking down, can OKC actually beat Houston, and how many did Harden put up? And instead, you know, we have an opportunity to put the focus solely on what matters most to us right now and what we think needs to happen in this country. Well, and I mean, also I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's been like that easy to be in the bubble either. I don't know what CC's heard about that, but I think you know, living out of the same hotel room for 4 or 5 weeks and then you introduce a really traumatic event hmm. that basically undermines the entire reason you're there and uh you know, that's when um I I'm just not surprised by any of this. Yeah, I, you know, to be to be honest, I have been talking to, to a couple of guys, and um, you know, yeah, the, the the bubble was getting a little old, I guess. You know, not being around their families and you know having their wives and stuff, but it was working better than what baseball's doing, um, which is flying around and then you're stuck in a hotel room. You know, at least you can go out, you can get, go golfing, you can go fishing. They got restaurants, there's different things you can walk around. You know, you you got a baseball team you know, or, or baseball players that. You know, you fell seven out of ten times, but then you want me to go be locked up in a in a hotel all summer. You know what I mean? And if I leave, then I get sent home, or you know, potentially get traded. Mike Clevenger, like this is it's it's way more it's better for for the athlete's mental health to be in the bubble at Disney and have right. different things to move around and do than it is to fly around and be stuck in a hotel room. Yeah, I didn't realize that until the last week when. The- I read some story about these guys that were playing golf in the mornings. And I was like, I, I just, for some reason I had it in my head, it was way more constrictive than it was, but I, they had done a good job of at least trying to make it seem as normal it could, as it could be to live out of a hotel room. But I think now that this is the issue, right? When, when shitty stuff happens, you want to be around people, people you care about and you want to be with your family. And these guys sacrificed a shitload not to be with their family and small kids and you know you lose you're away for three months and you lose three months of being around like your four-year-old son or whatever it is yeah and when something like this happens you just look at it and go well what, why am i here what, what was the point of this we nothing good is nothing there's been no good outcome so let's go you know you know what i keep thinking though is is like it's how lucky are nba players to have other 
black players in the in the locker room to make that decision. Like if mm-hmm. I'm sitting, I mean, and 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 no offense or nothing, but if I'm sitting in a baseball clubhouse right now, like what are the chances my teammates are going to make that decision? Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean, and have my back and like it's it's you know, it's, there's a twenty percent chance that my teammates make that decision. So like, I mean, it, it it's got to feel good to be in a league where you know people are at least feel your pain. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right now, uh, we got an update on what the WNBA is going to do, which I broadcast a lot of their games for ESPN. Um, they are going to, they will play tonight, but they're going to put the ball down at each seven minute mark of each quarter in observance of the seven times that Jacob Blake uh, was shot. Um so that is how they're going to handle it. And, you know, I've seen it with the WNBA for a very long time. They, in a lot of ways, have been at the forefront of, you know, social justice when it comes to sports. Um, Not in a lot of ways. They've been at the forefront. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're exactly right. They, you know, they were, they were ahead of the curve um, on this. And, and they've even really been creative, I think, in the ways they have uh, brought attention to specifically female victims um, of police brutality who they feel over the years have not necessarily gotten the same attention um, or inspired the same reactions. And um, they've done it in a variety of different ways, but I've seen them. There's been um, different current figures who are involved in social justice, who they're pointing attention to and honoring, or victims who they're uh, drawing attention to before each game. So I was interested to see how they were going to handle it tonight that'll that will now i believe their game i'm not broadcasting it tonight but it's on espn too i think tonight so that'll be interesting just to watch how that plays out with every seven uh seven minutes having that seven second delay but cc how do you feel how, how do you feel about how baseball has handled this i mean do you feel like that sport has any responsibility at all to do anything because it doesn't seem like they feel like they do um i mean i don't i mean I feel like the players have done a good job of, you know, doing whatever they want to, however they want to express themselves. Mookie taking the knee, Aaron Hicks taking the knee, these different guys, um, and not facing any backlash for that. Um, but as a whole, I think, you know, once we started playing the games, you know, after the opening day and they did all the ceremony and once we started playing the games, it just goes back to normal. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously we're doing, we're still doing, trying to do some work with the Players Alliance and got some different things going um, and trying to, you know, figure out some things. Um, we're we're going to get that moving. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is it's a tough time, man. And, and uh, you know, like I said, just thinking about trying to sit in the baseball clubhouse right now does not sit well with me. Um, you know, so that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Well, we should wrap it up then. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think we said everything there is. I mean, this is yeah. such a story in progress that, yeah. Um. It's certainly. You know, I mean, we were talking last week about me coming on, and you know, thinking like, "What time?" But there's, there's no. no it would have been. It would have been. No, it would have been great because we had a lot of shit to talk about. But like, yeah, it's just. It's man. This is so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. Like, I don't know. I just keep looking at my kids, my boys. Like, you know, especially my oldest. Like, he's seventeen. He's got two years before he's like really about to get out into the real world, and like, this is this fucked up shit he's about to walk into. Like, this is. This is it's more fucked up now than 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 any time in our lifetime. This is it's it's uh and I don't see it getting any better. 
You know, like there's no end in sight. Like you got a 17-year-old kid walking down the street in the middle of the street with an AR shooting people. Like, what the fuck are we, what's what's next? Like, where, where are we going? It's crazy. Hmm. I, I want to just update real quick. The WNBA teams now have decided not to play. They, um, oh. yeah, literally, that's how quick this is changing. Uh, so they um, instead uh, are going to, uh, they're on the, on the court. All four teams there were on the courts linking arms and kneeling, uh, and they're not going to play. Um, and it sounds like maybe they even had a statement uh, to read on the air. Um, as to why they're not, uh, that part of it, I'm not sure exactly, but the beginning of the broadcast did start, uh, for the game. It was due to air at 7 PM Eastern. We're now at seven Oh seven. So, yeah, I mean, guys, I agree. I think, you know, good to, um, you know, get out some thoughts on this historic day. Uh, see, I, I mean, I, I obviously can see the, 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 the pain and the anger and the frustration and I think exhaustion too, right? Everybody is you know, sick of, of dealing with this. Um, and I hope, I hope that we do someday look at today and say, wow, that was actually a true catalyst for change. Um, but you know, that part of the history still has to be written, obviously. Uh, Bill, thanks, man. I hope we get to do it again sometime talking about this, you know, revealing serious progress that makes us feel good about the direction, uh, of our country and where we're headed. Um, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate being on. I appreciate, uh, us even doing the podcast. Cause I know it's not easy and I totally would have understood if, if we were all like, Hey, let's do this another time. But you know, sometimes I, th I think it helps even to put some thoughts down and, uh, and for people to listen. So hopefully it helped. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming up. Thanks. Thanks for coming on again. <laughs> thanks for having me.